Welcome to the Alcohol Rethink Podcast with me, your host, Patrick Fox. This podcast is for the guys out there who question the role that alcohol plays in their lives, men who want to stop drinking and don't know where to go or how to start. We're going to cover all of that and more. Let's go. Hi guys and welcome to episode 65 of the Alcohol Rethink Podcast. What is up gentlemen? Great to be back with you here today. So I recognise there might be a few new listeners on the podcast which is amazing because it means that this message, this way of rethinking alcohol that I'm putting out into the world is resonating it's landing with you guys and that you're listening and you're taking it in and you're doing the work on yourself so i just want to say hello to all of you guys who perhaps are newer to the podcast and thank you to all those who've been with me since the very beginning it really really humbles me and brings me a lot of pride and for those of you who don't know my name is patrick fox i am a life coach i work with guys who want to rethink their relationship to alcohol during my six-month coaching program and today, one of those awesome guys that I work with has given me this idea, this concept that I'm going to share with you that I think is going to be really helpful as a way to start rethinking your relationship to alcohol. And, you know, that's why this podcast is called the Alcohol Rethink Podcast, because it's about challenging what you currently believe. It's about understanding that, you know, as we go through our lives, we have all of this conditioning and messaging we receive and experiences that we have in our lives that kind of reinforces what we already think. And the way our brain works is like once our brain latches on to something, believing it or accepting it as being true, like that's that's going to be our experience. That's what we're going to go out into the world and we're going to see and we're going to find evidence for. So a lot of times when guys are wanting to stop drinking because of the way the world is in terms of not all of the world, but a majority of the world in like glamorizing alcohol. And we see it all the time, right? Like in movies and films, TV shows, family, everything, right? Like how alcohol is just so intertwined in everything that we do. I mean, a prime example of what I'm speaking about here in terms of how alcohol is just accepted as this thing that we do in our lives is that my 14 year old daughter went to a party very recently and we found out it was actually for a 16 year old's party right so although only a couple years difference like significant I think when you're growing up at that age so the 16 year olds like there was alcohol there the parents were letting the kids going to be drinking and stuff obviously I had some thoughts about that but I was sharing this with a couple of people that I know and I was just saying yeah she's going to this party and there's going to be alcohol there and you know what they came back with I understand like they're probably trying to make me feel better or more comfortable around it but it like really just kind of emphasizes my point here is that when I said oh she's going to be at this party and I go well didn't you drink when you were 14 you know like we're only 14 once and I was just absolutely I mean, flabbergasted sounds so dramatic, but I mean, I was kind of taken back and I was like, yeah, this is exactly what we're dealing with, right? Like this is the <clears throat> current mindset around alcohol is just like, it's acceptable for 14 year olds to drink alcohol. I mean, seriously, I know that I was drinking that young, but I had no kind of understanding of, of the impact that it would have on me, right? 
you know, especially being brought up in a family where everyone's fucking drinking around me the whole time. But now, knowing what I know, of course, doing what I do, like, it gives me a huge advantage point, I guess. But I number one thing since stopping drinking for me is, like, how important my brain is. You know, w- without my brain, I have nothing. You know, you could take away everything that I fucking own, right? But as long as I've got my brain, like, I've got the ability to do something about it. Take away the brain, you've not got much left, right? And when we start drinking at such a young age, like alcohol really, really impacts the brain and how it functions and how it develops. And when we're younger, our brains don't really fully develop till we're about 26, right? So drinking and smoking weed and doing drugs, like all, all of those things like can have such a big impact on the brain. And now I kind of think, well, gosh, I, w- I wonder what life would have been like if I didn't do those things. I also recognize that's not a helpful path to go down because I'm here where I'm exactly where I'm supposed to be. But I do really see how drinking, especially at such a young age, can really be quite problematic. And for any of you guys who haven't listened, I would highly, highly recommend going and listening to Dr. Andrew Huberman's podcast lately on alcohol, the brain and health. It's by Huberman Labs. That's the podcast if you want to go check it out. He's an American uh, brain scientist, if you like, and he just blew my mind with some of the stuff that he's sharing. It's stuff that I've shared, but on a much more like scientific level. And, you know, drinking from a young age like, can be very problematic. It can lead to uh, a tendency to cause problems with alcohol later in life. And, I mean, that's probably no spoilers there whatsoever. So, yeah, this is, this is what we're working with, guys. And I think it takes, you know, an incredibly brave decision from yourselves to choose to stop drinking because it kind of goes against a lot of what we're taught, what we've learned about ourselves and about the world. So that's why it's so important to start giving yourself perspective, to start thinking about in different, start thinking about yourself, start thinking about alcohol in different ways, right? Just because you believe something, it doesn't mean it's true, okay? I really want to emphasize that. Just because you think something about yourself, about alcohol, doesn't necessarily mean it's true. It's just what your brain currently believes. The amazing thing, capacity we have as humans is that like, we can literally believe whatever we want. So why not let's start believing something that is going to serve us, that's going to help us, and it's going to propel us forward into a life that we really want and desire? And when we're rethinking, sometimes it means we're going to have to be wrong about what we've believed before. Go back and check out one of my earlier episodes, uh, which was entitled Being Wrong About Yourself. Because, you know, to be wrong about yourself kind of goes against like that ego, right? Like this desire to want to be right. So sometimes we just have to really like to set a new baseline and really start thinking about things in a new way. And that's why I'm going to share this concept idea with you guys today and it's about ROI and for any of you who are unfamiliar with what ROI is it literally stands for return on investment now if you're a businessman or working some kind of business generally speaking you may have heard of this expression before if not totally cool I'm just going to give you a little definition of what a return on investment is or return on costs is another way of thinking about it as well. Return on investment is whereby 
you purchase something and you go and resell it and there's a good return on investment on it, right? So I buy something for a pound and I sell it for five pound. That's a pretty good return on investment, right? Or if I buy something for a pound and sell it for 50p, I'm actually losing money, right? So that's not a good return on investment. So an ROI is really where it is, you're in profit and you're gaining favorably to the cost of what it is. Now, when my client brought this up, and thank you for letting me share this with everybody, he was talking about, you know, what is my ROI on drinking alcohol? And I thought it's such a fucking great way to think about it, right? So when you drink alcohol, what's the return on investment? All right. So just think for a moment about why you choose to drink alcohol. Okay. So maybe, you know, some really basic examples are going to be that you're feeling stressed or maybe you want to celebrate or maybe it's just something that you do every day after work because you've just got yourself into that routine that cycle that habit all right so first point is why did, why are you doing that thing and i totally from a non-judgmental place right like just being really curious this is all part of the rethinking right like just because we do something doesn't mean that we have to do it and our brain loves to be efficient, it loves to automate it, and when we automate, it requires not a lot of effort, it becomes unconscious. So that's why we become so habitual in our lives, like we'll do a lot of the same things without question. Now, if you want to just uh, test that for me, right, I, get, I offer you this challenge, right? Go into your bedroom, okay and i want you to move around all of your drawers so imagine like where you've got your pants and socks like put that into another drawer swap your t-shirts around you know move things around in your bedroom before you go to bed and then the next morning when you wake up watch what happens all right you're going to go you're going to get up and you're going to have your shower your breakfast and all the things and you're going to go to get dressed and you are going to go to your place where you've usually got your pants or your boxes and they're not going to be there <laughs> because you've moved them right like you put them into another place but because you've done that so many times like on repeat you don't have to think about where they are like you're instinctively want to go there you instinctively want to going to go there and why i think that's really helpful to think about is because you know we begin to see that we are just doing what we are doing because it's become automatic and the same applies with alcohol all right. So if you're finding that you're coming home and having a beer after work every day, that's just because it's what you've trained yourself to do. Like it requires zero effort on your brain to think about other than where do I get the beers on the way home potentially. Right. And with alcohol, of course, like there's the 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 dopamine that you get from it. Like there's a sedative effect. Like maybe you that is what you're looking for. But maybe at the same time, it is just become so habitual you don't even think about it anymore so recognizing like why you're drinking in the first place is a really good starting point because when you do that you can start to challenge it like well you know what is it I'd like to do instead like what might be better use of my time when I get home from work how would I like to spend that really start questioning around why you do what you do and having an understanding of why you do it are just such key elements so you've started to ask yourself you know, get curious about why you drink and why the reasons you do the things that you do. So now we want to start adding like another layer to it, right? We want to start asking yourself, okay, so if I choose to have this drink tonight, 
like what's the return on investment all right so you might have a drink and i'm just going to give you this uh, a, a really basic example again right and you choose friday night you get home you want to have a beer you have a beer after work and you tell yourself you're only going to have one or two but it was a quite stressful day at work and someone was annoying you and something didn't go right so you know you've got all of this emotion inside of you and you're trying to find a way to to release it all and currently your brain thinks that alcohol is going to be the best way to relieve that it thinks that because you've trained yourself to believe that right also all of that messaging that we receive in terms of have a drink after a shit day at work and all of that right like not all of it comes from us, but we are still living it out. So you get home, you have a beer, you say you're only going to have one or two, but you're, you know, the, the fuck it button comes into play because it's been a really stressful day, right? Like this is what you're telling yourself. So you end up having a few more beers and then like five, six, seven beers later, you know, the it's just completely gone to pot and you're now absolutely smashed and maybe you have a little glass of whiskey or whatever or make that phone call. You know what I'm talking about, guys, you know. And, you know, then in that moment, everything's gone out the window. You're just drinking for pure pleasure. You're just drinking for that dopamine, for that wanting to escape that release. So what is the ROI on that example I've just given? So you promised yourself you're going to have one beer, you've ended up having six or seven, you've ended up drinking whiskey, you've ended up buying drugs potentially, right? So your return on investment is instead of having one beer, you've just had like six, seven times the amount you promised yourself you were going to have. You've also just spent money on buying something else, drugs that you didn't want to get, which then, you know, leads to you staying up till three, four o'clock in the morning if you're doing that, or if you just stop with the beers, maybe you go to sleep, you have a terrible night's sleep. You're going to wake up at like 3, 4 a.m. You're going to have to drink a pint of water. You're going to wake up probably pretty moody, grumpy, especially if you've got kids around. Like the kids are going to be high energy. They're going to be wanting to do things. And you're just going to want to lie around on the sofa. So you're lying around on the sofa. You're feeling sorry for yourself. Your head probably hurts. You don't exercise and you plan to do a run or go to the gym in the morning. You get a bit snappy with your partner. You know, you, you have end up having a fry up for your breakfast, like all that greasy food that your body craves, that fat after having alcohol rather than having your muesli and your porridge or whatever it is that you have, right? Maybe you ended up sleeping on the sofa. Maybe you ended up having a row with your partner, right? Maybe you sent a message that you didn't want to send or you, you, you know, did something else that you didn't perhaps want to do. Like now we're starting to see that actually having that drink after work is turning out to not be a very good return on investment. Yes, it might have helped you for that hour, half an hour where you felt like you were de-stressing, uh, de for example. But now there's going to be this cumulative effect afterwards. And then it doesn't only just finish there, right? Like Saturday, maybe it feeds into Sunday, you're feeling grumpy. Maybe Monday, you're still feeling that lethargic, you're self-hating, you're beating yourself up. You're like, oh my God, I can't believe I've done it again. Maybe you end up having a drink because you think that you don't like the way you feel and you know that drinking is going to change how you feel, right? And we know that that can be very problematic going forward. So we can really see, right, this return on investment for having a beer ends up being very, very costly. Not only is it costly, but now you're actually reinforcing to yourself that this is how to cope, how to manage when you feel stressed. 
And so it makes it more likely that the next time that you're feeling like this, that your your brain's going to want to go, right, let's just have a beer and, and, and forget about it. Because of that faded effect bias, right, that fab, where your brain rather conveniently forgets about all of the other pain that it caused and it just focuses on that pleasure that you had for that short period of time, it's very costly. So by thinking about a return on investment, I love this idea that in the in that in that moment, in that snapshot where you're considering having a drink and just thinking like that's the easiest option, the path of least resistance, is to start thinking about, well, okay, so how can I disrupt this? You know, start asking yourself like, what is the return on investment here? Now here's the thing that I find with myself and other guys I've worked with in terms of negotiating with your own brain, right? Like your lower primitive brain negotiation skills are fucking first class. Like when our brain wants something that's like highly pleasurable, like alcohol, for example, like our brain can be <laughs> almost like manipulative, right? Like we, we have that internal dialogue and like, will I, won't I, will I, won't I? And I find that for as long as that is unspoken, right, like as long as it stays in your head, I just find it can be very, it's almost like having a spell put on you, right? Like you're just going through it, through it, through it, and then all of a sudden, bang, fuck it, and you're off. So what I find really helpful and what I tell my guys is say it something out loud to yourself, right? Like literally ask yourself when you notice that you're thinking about having a drink or you're feeling stressed and you know that your brain's going to that place, it's like, what's the ROI? You know, what's the return on investment here? Yes, I'm going to feel okay for about an hour, two hours. But when I start tallying up the cost of that over the next few days, like it's not fucking worth it. It really isn't worth it. So getting to a practice of asking yourself, like what's the ROI here? You know, how do I think this is serving me? Now, you might already be aware that this is the cost of having a drink when you said that you weren't going to, that you didn't want to. But I think by adding on that layer of just speaking out loud to yourself or writing it down or just doing something to to break that pattern of thinking that we go through sometimes is really going to help to galvanize you in your decision making right so maybe you're going to feel a little bit uncomfortable for a bit right you're going to say this is a really shit return on investment i'm not going to do it i still feel stressed but maybe there's another thing i can do that can help me with the stress maybe i just need to sit there and maybe i can just like do some breathing exercise or meditate or go for a run or phone up a friend or do some journaling right there's so many other options really when it comes to managing how you're feeling and alcohol is one of the worst because all it does is actually repress it does change how you feel right but then you start making yourself more dependent on that substance on alcohol to change how you feel and then when you withdraw you want to have it back you feel more stress you want more alcohol it's just a fucking shit show of a cycle to go through so that's what I wanted to share with you today about return on investment, like making it an option for yourself to ask yourself that question, like what's the ROI here? And I just want to share with you a few other questions that you can take away from this episode to ask yourself. They are actually available in the Alcohol Rethink Project 30-day email course that I've created. You can find that in the show notes or visit patrickjfox.com and you'll find it under Alcohol Rethink Resources. And 
every day you get questions, right? Every day questions, a different topic and stuff because it's all about rethinking. It's about changing your perspective. It's about opening yourself up to possibility. So there are six questions that I want to share with you now before we depart and go our merry ways. And they are just to really start helping you be very conscious about your decision making because that's one of the biggest things here, right, is making the unconscious conscious, not just accepting the bullshit your brain offers as fact or true about alcohol because that's what you've done for years, right? Like that's what we want to start challenging. And these six questions, I think, are a great way to start doing that for yourself. So the first question is, what do you get from drinking alcohol? All right, so think about it. What do you get from drinking alcohol? And just write down whatever comes up. Listen, there's no right or wrong answers here. I every Everything that you write down is just going to reveal to you what you currently believe about alcohol, about yourself. The second question is, what do you lose from drinking alcohol? All right. So that could be where we think about the ROI, like what's the return on investment here? Like what am I actually gaining? What am I losing? And that list is not going to be favorable when you start seeing it on paper. The third question is, what do you get from not drinking alcohol? Fourth question is, what do you lose from not drinking alcohol? Fifth question is, what are you denying or where are you denying or lying to yourself about alcohol? All right. Think about that. Like, what are you denying to yourself? Maybe you believe that red wine is good for the heart, right? It's bullshit. Like, there's so many other studies say like you're better off just eating the blueberries or whatever uh, grapes. Sorry, that they're made from, right? Like, you get as many antioxidants as from a bunch of grapes as you do from a glass of wine. So, really, start being curious. Like, where where am I denying to myself? Like, where am I telling myself that alcohol isn't an impacting in my life? But actually, it could be. For me, I didn't realize that so much of my mood swings came from when I was drinking alcohol or, or more, right? Like I'd be very um, up and down. Like e even at one point I was working in the city and somebody asked me if I had bipolar because I would be at such different extremes and depending on how I was feeling with hangover or being hung with alcohol or being hungover or not hungover or looking forward to going out and drinking, right? Like it was so telling looking back now and then the sixth and final question and this one it's hard to ignore right is what is alcohol denying you what is alcohol denying you maybe you've not taken time to think about it right but if you're finding yourself in a life where you're just on rinse repeat all of the time the high chance that because of alcohol, because of the way you feel, because of the confidence or lack of confidence you have from drinking, like it's going to be denying all these opportunities in your life. I think about now for me, where I am, right? Just this fucking podcast, like to be able to be with you guys is incredible. This would not have been possible when I was drinking. Think about my business. That didn't exist when I wasn't drinking. Even just being a coach, right? I trained many years to be a coach before I stopped drinking. But because I was so committed and invested in going out every weekend, I wasn't following up and doing anything with my coaching business, right? So the return on investment for going out and partying was not good when it came to building my business, all right? So you can really start to play around with it and think about different areas of your life. Maybe it's through sport, right? Like maybe you like health and fitness and food. So 
what's the return on investment when you drink alcohol? Well, you're going to be dehydrated. You're going to, you're not going to build muscle as fast. You're going to make poor food choices. If you wanted, you could start breaking it up into different categories of the, of your life, right? Like fitness and health and friendship and relationships and and sex life, whatever. And, 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 and do like a, an itinerary. Is that the word? Something along those lines of, you know, what is it? what's the return on investment? Like when I have alcohol, what's the return on investment here? And it's not going to be favorable. And by doing this, you're going to be changing the way that you think. You're going to be opening yourself up to new perspectives. And that is so powerful because when you can start to like put a wedge in your thinking and and open it up to new ideas, then that is when change is going to happen. Like I've said it before, right? Like for me, reading this naked mind, getting educated on the the truth of alcohol. It was the beginning of everything that's come after it. And I'm so, so grateful for that. And guys, I know that this is not always the easiest of journeys, but we can make it easier on ourselves. Like when we hold ourselves accountable, when we hold space for ourselves, when we're kind and compassionate and, and curious versus like beating ourselves up, thinking that there's something gone wrong, that is when we're going to start to create those changes. Might not happen as fast as you expect, right? And that's one of the other challenges is like expectancy. But for as long as you keep showing up for yourself, I guarantee that you will create this result of not drinking alcohol. All right, guys, pleasure to be with you as always. And I will see you again next week. Take care and bye-bye. If you want to find out more about working with me and seeing how I can help you stop drinking and start showing up in life the way that you really want, visit patrickjfox.com to find out more or book a free consultation using the link in the show notes. Until next time, take care.